You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall in East Lansing to the Michigan State Spartans 80-65 to in a game that was really kind of the inverse of what we've seen from this team on the road where the Hoosiers kind of got off to a decent start, uh, but then, you know, the game really just devolved into, uh, you know, uh, sloppy fatigue ridden mistake ridden basketball uh on a night when you know Michigan State came out and after a bit of a a rocky start played inspired basketball um you know made a lot of shots 10 of 21 from downtown got to a lot of loose balls got some more rebounds uh and ultimately your Hoosiers fall to 19 and 9 on the season 10 and 7 in Big Ten play and we're here to talk about it, so let's do it. I'm your host, Jared Morris. We've got a full house. The coach, Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms, all here. And we'll start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. Um, and I suppose we'll use this space to give a quick hat tip to the women uh, who claimed their outright Big Ten title uh, today with Maryland beating Iowa, so that was nice to see. Uh, that is a true banner moment for Indiana basketball. But as far as the men's team goes tonight, you know, there obviously isn't a lot to choose from in a game like this. And so I'm going to go back to the 628 mark of the first half when Indiana was up 22 to 13. And it's hard to remember that, you know, given how the final 24 minutes of this game went. But the Hoosiers got off to a good start. You know, Jalen Huchofino was off to a good start with six points. He was three of five from the field. Trey Galloway had hit a three. Indiana's defense was really locked in, forcing a lot of tough twos against Michigan State, and that's something that we've wanted to see from this team is better starts on the road, and they were able to do it. You'd like to see them back that up with better play after that, uh, which didn't happen. But what happened at the 628 mark is Jalen picked up his second foul, and he would sit for the rest of the half, and Indiana would lose all their lead, all their momentum, a 22-7 to run by Michigan State that really proved decisive there at the end of the first half, put them up six at halftime. You know, would it have been a different result? Uh, if Jalen had played more uh, there at the end of the first half, I don't know. But for the game, he played 30 minutes and was plus four in a game that Indiana lost by 15. Uh, so certainly that decision to sit him, while understandable, given the lack of depth at the guard position for Indiana, really put the Hoosiers behind the eight ball. No one from the bench was able to step up and give Indiana much of a lift offensively. And that lead disappeared quickly, and Indiana was never able to get it back. But if you're looking for positives, at least the way that Indiana came out and started tonight uh, was, you know, something. It's not much, but at least it's something. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their sixth season, sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And, you know, Home Field Apparel's thing is they go and they pull old uh, brand marks and logos uh, from the past, sometimes from the deep past of colleges and universities all over the country, and they breathe new life into them by putting them on, you know, great, comfortable articles of clothing. And it's, you know, they, they have clothing for all seasons, whether you want T-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies. Now they got quarter zips. They got hats coming. So they're really starting to expand their product line. And what's great is they're constantly expanding Uh, you know, the designs that they have and doing refreshes. I saw they just did a refresh for Missouri. They're doing a refresh for Colorado. I think they did a refresh for Kansas. Obviously, they've already done one for Indiana, and you know there will be more coming. 
because as much as Home Field Apparel is catering to all these other colleges and universities, their first love is Indiana. That's what they started with. Uh, and so you know they'll have more great Indiana apparel coming soon. And for you to get that, go browse. Homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. Uh, and you'll be happy that you did because the stuff is so comfortable. The items are conversation starters. Uh, and you know when you're out and about and you see someone with a home field shirt, there's kind of that little nod of approval that both people give to each other, uh, which is awesome. So homefieldapparel.com, promo code HOME. Uh, that is it. They are our sponsor. Wear one for the team. All right, guys, it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And, Andy, we will start with you, your bottoms line on this Indiana loss. Well, really, thanks for thanks for letting me go first. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, You're in the I, Eastern like, time zone before you fall asleep. There you, you know? go. That's probably a wise move. Um, you know, you come out and start the game well. I think we all you know, had texted earlier that this felt like a game that if you don't get off to a good start, you get run out of the building. And so IU managed to dodge that bullet. And then, as you said, some missed opportunities, even before Jalen went out, there was a a segment of play that was really, really sloppy with forcing stops and then repeatedly turning the ball over. Uh, And so missed those opportunities, fall behind at the half. And even at the beginning of the second half, just, you know, it's only a six point game. Can you come out? And be able to get a little momentum. No, was was the answer to that question. As you uh, as you looked into that, really fell behind uh, early. Uh, got into some bad habits that we've seen over the course of the season in terms of uh, helping on. And I know Coach probably wants to talk more about this. Helping on drives that weren't even happening, uh, and getting late to close out the shooters. Let Tyson Walker really get hot. Let Michigan State as a team really get hot. And then you look down a lot of the what you would call hustle related stats and it just all paints a pretty pretty bad picture IU ends up with five offensive rebounds I think they got a couple of those late really were hammered on the boards couldn't you know couldn't get defensive rebounds to close out possessions that led to uh, a number of key baskets including a couple late when IU was just hanging around hanging around can you get a stop and and turn it into a basket they just were unable to do that uh, really struggled there again, struggled to find contributions from guys other than TJD and Jalen Huchifino. Trey Galloway did end up with 11, uh, but the bench ends up with six points, but had two until some late free throws from CJ Gunn and Anthony Leal. And just that's not, you need somebody to step up and give you that unexpected lift off the bench. If you're going to come out in a really tough environment and win a road game, just didn't have that. And the guys looked incredibly tired. TJD looked as tired as he's looked all year really struggled to to get elevation off the floor, struggled to finish inside, uh, missed some close shots that he normally makes. And, and just IU hanging around for as long as they did in the second half was m- maybe not the best thing for him because he didn't really – you were never out of it enough that you could rest him, but you never really felt watching it like you were really going to be able to get back over the hump. And so, you know, he still ends up playing a number of minutes. And uh, I think as something that we've been concerned about with this team, that came home to roost tonight on a – Saturday, Tuesday turnaround. Now you got this until Saturday night. Maybe a little more rest during the week is there, but uh, the guys being leaned on so, so heavily for this many games and being able to win ugly in a few cases uh, just just couldn't come through uh, tonight. And uh, if ever you needed a spark of some kind, 
uh, in the form of Xavier Johnson or or literally anyone at this point. <laughs> this would be a great time for it, and he was certainly missed tonight. Yeah, the fatigue has been a lingering question for many shows, and that certainly continues tonight. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Yeah, I thought they were rotten defensively tonight. I mean, just absolutely brutally bad defensively. Go on. Um, <laughs> and I think some of it was scheme. I think some of it was execution of the players. Uh, I think they, uh, again, believing in that nail slot rim defense, you need guys to execute it, and they didn't execute it. You, there were five drive middle or somewhat drive, as Andy says, sometimes just one bounce and everyone's committing to the ball and one pass kick out threes, and then they were driving those closeouts and getting fouled. And that's what happened at that six-minute mark that you talked about in, in, in your banner moment is then they got hot, then in an emotional game they found their footing. Um, so some of it was scheme. Some of it was just flat-footed, whether it's fatigue or whatever, but the players did not guard uh, at all. Offense was unimaginative tonight. It was a bunch of hero ball, one-on-one, try to get yours. There just was not a whole lot of movement. Uh, I think the difference was Michigan State started moving the ball about the six-minute mark and finding open guys and running stuff to get the ball from side to side, and Indiana stopped um, and, and didn't move the ball. The ball stuck tonight. It was dribble up, crab dribble, shoot a contested two, throw it in the post and then turn it over because we didn't we were confused on whether there's a double team. It was just a bad performance on offense and defense. And then the sad thing is the way this t- team is run right now, you have to have TJD be incredible. And you have to have Hood Shafino be at least average or better than average. When those two are bad, and bad for them is is you know average. They can't be average. And tonight I thought both of those guys were average because right now no one else Nothing else is run for anyone else or no one else on the bench is contributing offensively. And that's why Indiana's been in the 60s lately uh, in their points. Some of it is you're playing good teams and good coaches. But now's the time you're going to have to figure that out and get back in the 70s. So just an all-around poor performance tonight. But there's a, there's a lot of things that need to be looked at going forward as you're going to play a real tough opponent Saturday and then have two you know, hungry teams coming into Assembly Hall at the end of the year fighting for a position or – uh, attorney selection. Yep. Well said. All right, Ryan, time to rant. Go. I, I think it was obvious to everybody watching this game that Indiana looked like a tired team. They look like a team who, and I think in the beginning they came out, it was adrenaline. I think it was a big moment. I think on the flip flip side, Michigan state was tight to start the game. And I, given everything that's happening there, that's understandable, but some of they had some wide open looks that were airballed or that were just way off. And I think it was, you know, with the expectations of the moment, you know, wanting to come out and do too much. I think they were real tight. And I thought Indiana was kind of loose riding on adrenaline. And as that wore off at about the 10 through 13 minute mark of the first half, you saw what this team is right now. And that defense you're talking about, Coach, there was no communication. There was no focus. They just lost it. And those are signs of a tired, fatigued team. I'm not trying to make excuses for them because they didn't play well. But when you're tired and fatigued, you make more mistakes. And if you look at the minute, and Trace Jackson Davis, by the way, couldn't get off the ground tonight. He, his leg there, he is, I mean, he looked like he was loping up and down the court as best he could. He was trying. But, I mean, there were drives that normally he is contesting that shot, blocking it easily. He couldn't get up to block shots tonight. And if you look at his minutes over the last 
six weeks, uh, since the new year, essentially, you got 40, 33, 33, 35, 39, 39, 33, 39, 39, 39, 40, 39, and 37 in a row. That's too much. And I know Mike Woodson said, hey, when I was playing, I did that. Well, Mike, it's a different game. There's a lot more up and down now. And there's you're relying on this guy to do everything on both ends of the floor. You're going to wear him out. And he looked worn the hell out tonight. And, you know, we said it at the beginning of the year because we thought there was a stretch last year where it looked like he hit a wall. Now he came back in the Big Ten tournament and at the end of the season and made it a great run when he got another he got some more wind. And I think that just the sense of urgency carried him. But we saw this happen last year. And the same thing looked like it happened tonight. He just looked like no matter how hard he tried, he just didn't have it. And I thought some other guys looked that way. I thought Jalen in stretches looked that way. I thought Trey Galloway looked that way in stretches. And Trey Galloway was leaving guys open from three, just not being focused defensively off ball. On ball, I thought he did as well as he could in those situations. He kept guys in front of him, and guys were pulling up and hitting threes. You, you can't from, from deep. You can't do anything about that. But on your rotations, if you're not focused, they're gonna, with this defense, with the way the system is, if you're not focused, it's going to be like Penn State, and guys are going to be wide open from three. And they were unfocused tonight. It's a sign of a tired team, and they need to find ways to get other guys going. I know that this bench is not providing much for you. You have to find somebody who can eat some minutes for these guys at some point at this point in the season. And honestly, they were down 10, and as Andy said, there was no chance they were going to win this game. I absolutely think that they should have just sat trace the last 10 minutes. I mean, or the last eight minutes or whatever it was just to get him off his feet. So this is a tired team. It looked like an exhausted team, a Saturday to, to Tuesday turnaround and a brutal environment. And they, that it, it's catching up to them and they need to do something about it. You know, and on the one hand, it is understandable. You know, you're trying to win games, and the formula that you've created for this team, or that has been created in part because of the loss of Xavier Johnson, is you have to rely on these two guys so much. But you know, this comes back, you know, and, and so to finish that point, you kind of understand why he's playing so many minutes against Michigan and playing so many minutes against Northwestern Absolutely. to try and win that game. But that is going to catch up to you. And so this is where, at what point do you try and change the formula? Right, coach? And so one of the things that we were talking about before we came on air is, can we get guys other shots? And I know, you know, beating a dead horse, it's, you know, we're, we've been saying this over and over again, but you've got a guy in Miller Cop who's shooting, you know, 46% from three-point range and takes three shots. You know, you got to get that guy more shots. The bench obviously just didn't provide much at all. You know, Malik scored the two points, uh, you know, in the second half that actually got Indiana to within five uh, and we'll talk about that in meaningful moments. But Tamar Bates just unable to do anything. You know, I said in the last show he was my pick to click. He'd had two straight good games against Michigan State, and he just wasn't able to even get involved, you know, and doesn't, you know, he had the one shot, you know, which was actually a nice cut when Trace found him. He just wasn't able to finish. And otherwise, I mean, he's just not able to get in the rhythm of the offense at all. So, you know, coach, as you look at this, what are some things Indiana can do to try and change this formula a little bit? Because, you know, and maybe they can't. Maybe this is the formula for the rest of the season. But I think you see on a night like tonight, you know, is this really preparing us for the end of the season? Yeah, it's just a good question because we've been talking about do you get other people's shots? And the obvious question is that's not being done. 
So I would think that Coach Woodson, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get heavy ball screen with your point guard and has the freedom to take some shots, and your post player is going to get a ton of touches, and then everyone else is just going to live off those doubles and rotations from those two things. Uh, that's what Coach Woodson believes in. That's what's won a lot of games. You know, we yeah. got to we got to remember that that it's it's won some basketball games. So uh, one one loss doesn't mean you kind of got to go away uh, from everything. But I do think you know we get to the lingering question early. Uh, I do I do think in order to make a deep run, you need a variety of ways to score. Uh, and and right now, uh, what is it? Five games in a row in the '60s, and, and whenever Ken Palm, we've been at a high of 17, which was really good, improved from last year. But that's steadily been dropping. Is that the offense, or is that the defense uh, of the good teams we're playing stopping that? But regardless, then it's a game of adjustments. Uh, what what are you going to do, Andy? You have comments on this. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly, Ryan. Ryan's so excited. He's making no. wild hand gestures. I, I can't do it. <laughs> this will be quick. <laughs> this will be quick. No, what Coach said is, you know, you've won a lot of games with the system, so you don't want to upend it at this point. You don't have to upend it. Just tweak it. Add little. Correct. Add, add a couple things here and there, and it changes the game. And look, Miller Cop tonight, two of three in the first half from three. Hit t- drain two. And then one of them was was like almost out of bounds and he nailed it. And then his third on a perfect reversal rimmed out. And but it was online. It was a little long. It happens. You know, you're not going to make all your threes, even when you're wide open. Uh, He didn't shoot in the second half because they didn't get him. the They didn't get him any open opportunities. None. When you're getting bombed from three from the other team and you can't counter that. You're asking to lose, particularly on the road. Now, you've gotten away with road games, not making threes before, but you also didn't have your best version to Trace Jackson Davis tonight. You need to find something else and just continuing to do the same thing and not running a cross screen for Miller, not running a pin down, not doing something. I mean, Trey Galloway's out there like, you know, firing threes because he's the only one who has any room to do anything. And so. it's not that you need to upend the system. The system has gotten you to this point and kudos to Mike Woodson for doing a great job with this team, especially with their point guard injured. Uh, One of their point guards injured, but you still, you still have to do work. You know, you still, people are going to adjust to what you're doing and they've done it and they're, everyone's going to hard double trace this now. So you've got to find other ways to to score and other people to score. And if trace has had so many minutes that he's worn down, you're going to have to involve other people and you've got a guy who shoots 45% from three. Jay Billis called the best shooter in the Big Ten tonight, and you get him three shots in the entire game. And this wasn't a night where Miller was getting looks and pump faking and not doing it. He just didn't get the ball. And so you've got to do something. And again, it's not upending the system. It's tweaking what you're doing to adjust to what people are throwing at you defensively. It's not hard. And and the solutions are pretty easy and obvious. It, it was interesting tonight. It, it seemed like early in the game, Coach, you probably – track this better than me but you know early in the game they really came at him with the post double they got a good look for race early they got a second good look that race just wasn't able to finish inside then they saw michigan state adjust and he threw a nice skip pass and eventually they really stopped doubling him as hard from the post they did a little bit from the perimeter and it was almost like i you didn't know what to do when he wasn't getting double teamed at at times They, they went back to it a little bit late but um you know, even coming out of the locker room, he gets a shot inside that's just, I mean, a shot he converts nine times out of ten and, and just was unable to do it. It seemed like, in some ways, not doubling him actually rattled IU more because they didn't 
they weren't able to get the clean looks that they got early in the game. Uh, they backed off that a little bit and just kind of forced him to try to score on his own, walled up, made things tough on him. And on a night when he wasn't very explosive, that was effective. And the reality was that at that point, they didn't run as many ball screens. It didn't feel like with him. And there was very little action going to the rim to drive anything. I mean, even if you if you compare it to Michigan State, you know, some of these drives, they aren't even drives. Guy takes gets one foot inside the three-point line, and the help side guy drops into the paint. Uh, and and can't recover out to the shooter. And and so you see how much stress that can put on a defense, whereas even the threat of a drive, now granted that's partly schematic on IU's part, but there was very little for IU that was really getting to the basket to even try to draw attention to kick out to cop. And when you took the doubles away, they just hugged up on him and he couldn't really get even get the ball. It just, it, odd as it seems, it would feel like them given – TJD more single coverage would be a good thing for IU. It seemed to really throw them off, which credit to Izzo on the one hand, um, but also, you know, not a not a great look for IU to not be able to to kind of take advantage of something that you think that they would want uh, more often than not. TJD was predetermining what was going on, and he was a step yep. slow at at predetermining, and he wasn't explosive in his spin moves. He wasn't catching and going right away. Whether maybe that was part of the – he was ex- expecting the double, and then when the de- double didn't come. But there were times yeah, where he caught it and just – he just got rid of it. Like, he didn't want any part of it. Uh, the, the one where he tried to kick – why would you kick out to race when you had the wide open middle? Um, he just – he was – that goes back to Ryan's comment about I, I think he's fatigued, and he just – he, he wasn't make seven himself. Turnovers if he's himself, yes. Because I mean, you're Andy, you're absolutely right. As soon as they start single coverage, uh, we've seen what Trace can do at Illinois. When they single covered him, he just went off and won that game. That and that that normally happens. And and for whatever reason, um, you know, Trace didn't have it tonight. Uh, with seven turnovers and some missed shots and and just that lack of explosiveness in there. And then, as far as you know, the the offense goes, you know, they ran good stuff to start the game. And they run good stuff after timeouts. And I think to start the second half, I stopped tracking it a little bit in the second half. They were moving cop and they were moving people, stuff that we've always asked. It seems as the game goes on, in the free flow of the game, they don't make calls on the fly. Like on a rebound coming down, there's not going to be, you know, Kansas or Tennessee or whatever play call. They're just going to let the play run, which is going to be a ball screen or, or a post feed. Uh, and as the game goes on, they go away from stuff that they kind of plan ahead of time. I think their game planning isn't bad, but I've always clamored for a little more thumb on the offensive calls yep. to get the kind of actions where you could still go into the post because they have some good stuff that they run. I just don't think they run it enough. Thank uh, and at a time tonight when – uh, the coaching staff on the other end had your number and was playing games with TJD. That's when you got to go into your book and call stuff to help young guys out because you got a freshman point guard, you got some bench players who are trying to do whatever they can, and and coach just just doesn't do a good job of that. That's the one one area where I think he needs to get better. Everything else is great. We're we're going to make the tournament, but it's an honest criticism that. We need to have a few more things run at key times of the game that's, to stay that's in games. The right that's, the key, that's the thing right there. When you're getting smoked in a stretch, <laughs> run something different to get a, yeah. a bucket, you know, to maybe staunch a run or stop the bleeding, you know, like like 
That's all you need. You don't have, I'm not saying, uh, you know, run the whole offense around Miller cop shooting ability, you know, that that's not it, but be able to call for it every once in a while when you need to get a three, when they've hit three in a row, you know, and you need to get one back to, to, to silence the crowd or something. You got to be able to do that and call on that. And you're right, coach. They've run good action before. It's a matter of like trusting it and relying on it when you need it. Well, there was a lot of times it felt like you were talking about getting, be able to get a lot of baskets out of timeouts. That that was not the case tonight. It didn't feel like to me, at least there were times when you kind of expected that, that early second half timeout, they came out and just took a, either a long two or a real early shot clock three from, from Jalen, I think without really trying to do a whole lot else. And, and you know, you look at the seven turnovers from TJD, but then you look at the assist, he had half of IU's 10 assists and the, two starting guards who played uh, a ton of minutes had two combined. Uh, and I think that speaks to not really being able to get anything flowing offensively uh, in any way that is drawing the defense and finding open people. And uh, that's pretty reflective of what a slog it was on offense. Yep. All right. Coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 15 point loss to Michigan state, We'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than handing a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Thank you, Romeo. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with the whole crew, the coach Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, and Andy Bottoms. We are breaking down Indiana's loss to Michigan State. And it's the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have Yes, it is time for tonight's Meaningful Moments That You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. And, you know, guys, I think it's worth saying, you know, as we kind of set the context for this game, um you know, just a, it's a difficult spot for Indiana to go into and play from a basketball sense. Now, the truly difficult spot is what, you know, Michigan State students and everybody in that city 
are dealing with, you know, after a senseless tragedy, um, you know, that rocked their city uh, and their campus. And this was their first home game back. And so you knew that it was going to be an emotional arena. Um, you know, I appreciated the fact that Indiana wore the Spartan Strong shirts. I appreciated Absolutely. it that Michigan did that. I think it's awesome, you know, to see, uh, even though we have rivalries and we have games that need to be played, there are more important things than that. And the great thing about sports, even though it can't heal hearts and, you know, reverse a tragedy, it can give us all a shared experience, and that's meaningful. Um, but within the context of this game, that meant that this, you know, Winning in, in the Breslin Center is going to be hard anyway. You know, I thought winning tonight in an emotionally charged arena was going to be extra hard, and it proved to be. And so I don't really think any of us are that surprised or even disappointed in the loss. I think a lot of us kind of expected it, to be honest. But I do think that there are, as we've talked about so far, some things about how Indiana played that are worth dissecting for what they mean, you know, here as we move forward. Um, but, I, but I do think the context of this game – uh, is important for kind of understanding, uh, you know, just kind of the emotional charge that Michigan State ended up playing with, uh, you know, which really helped them on the glass and getting loose balls and all the things that they did uh, once they kind of got going. Um, but as we look at meaningful moments, you know, I thought in the second half, ironically, uh, you know, the one meaningful bench bucket that Indiana got was Malik Renew's, uh, you know, little jump hook uh, that cut it to 53 to 48. Uh, and you know, that was really kind of With the Trace one point on the bench, right? Well, that was the one point in the second half where it kind of looked like Indiana was going to make a little run. They had taken a trace out to give him a little breather before the, um, TV timeout. Caleb Banks was in there and it was, I mean, it was a weird lineup. It was Jalen Huchofino, Trey Galloway, Caleb Banks, Malik Renew and race Thompson. And so Indiana gets it to five. They play great defense the next possession, but Tyson Walker goes and hits that fadeaway at the end of the shot clock which put him back up seven, was really a backbreaker. And that led to an 8-0 run. And I kind of felt like he kept that lineup out there a little bit too long, honestly. It's like you got a couple good possessions with him. That's probably about all you're going to get. You know, now that's the point. Let's get, you know, the guys back in. Let's try and do something here. Um, you know, but then once Michigan State pushed it back out with that 8-0 run, uh, it was basically over from there. I mean, I think Indiana got it, got it to nine at one point, had a transition opportunity that they weren't able to take. Uh, you know, because they turned it over. Um, so that was really the one kind of point there in the second half where it looked like Indiana might get a little bit of momentum. Um, and, you know, look, credit to Walker. I mean, he's one of the best tough shot makers in the conference, and he made tough shots all night long. Um, so sometimes you got to tip your cap to the opponent. Um, but that really seemed to kind of take the wind out of Indiana's sails, um, and they were never never able to recover. Yeah, because right after that, I had I had jotted that down as well. You know, right after that, Jalen comes down, kind of takes a, a bad shot early in the shot clock. Uh, there's a media timeout, I think, shortly thereafter. Michigan State comes out, scores right out of that. And then there was a play, you know, from IU where, you know, bad pass gets deflected. They end up with the ball, but it was definitely a case where I think it was the one where the Michigan State guy dove on the floor. There were multiple opportunities yes. for IU to dive on the floor for loose balls tonight, and I don't think it happened maybe once or twice. I think Banks did once and, and cop maybe. Yeah. Uh, Leal did at the possession. end once he got in, but there was, yeah, it was just, you know, that was to me was kind of a microcosm, even though IU ends up getting the ball. I think that ended up being the possession where Malik shot got swatted back into Caleb Banks's face, which was uh, also a pretty good representation of the game in general, I would say at that point. And, and then you foul after that and you're down 11 basically before you even blink um, with a couple bad possessions 
letting them get what they want offensively and, and, uh, and then putting them on the free throw line. So just, um, yeah, I think even then, even after that, the lead pushed up even more because Huchifino took a three, uh, get a stop. Galloway misses a three and then you give up a drive to Hogard. So it just, that stretch to me, it was one of those where it was like, it was the only time I started to think like, was this just another like ugly win where this team finds a way uh, (laughs) to to chip away? And then uh, quickly found out the answer to that question was a resounding no. No. You know, coach, the other thing that I saw toward the end of the game, and it was just a small little thing, you know, it was, it was after Leal had come in and Indiana got a a transition opportunity and Jalen had it. And Leal was wide open on the wing calling for the ball. And Jalen, you know, took it in, made kind of a took kind of a wild shot. I think he actually made it. But something I've noticed with him, and you know, look, I think Jalen's been terrific. He's a freshman, you know, who's you know trying to kind of navigate. I think kind of a difficult role to be in, where he's really counted on to be a scorer, but also needs to be a creator. He seems to, you know, really hyper focus on getting the ball to trace, and he certainly is looking for his shot, which he needs to do. It does seem like he misses guys open on the perimeter that, you know, like last season, it, it, it seems like a pass that X would make. And that, you know, seems like something that is hurting Indiana getting more three point shots up to, at least to my eye. And that's why I wanted to bring it up to you to see if that's something that you've noticed as well. I saw it in transition a couple of times, and it just seems like when we get in the half court, it's so focused on getting the ball to trace. And Jalen is so focused on looking for his shot that he doesn't always see what's going on in the perimeter when a guy does get open. Or maybe when you're on, coached that. When when you're coached that way, that's what you're going to do. I mean, yeah. you're not looking for the three-point shooter because we're not here to get Miller Cop threes. That's been said in the press conference. We're here to get Trace Jackson Davis the ball, and then we're here yeah. for the point guard to shoot. That's the Indiana offense. Now, I thought he did that early in the year where he would dribble down and find Cop in transition. Excellent. So maybe that's a, a – Yeah, I thought, he, I thought that was one of the things Hood Shafino did really well at the beginning I, of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why uh, so it's maybe, maybe it's, that we're not seeing it as much now. He's scoring that, that You're more. not seeing it. Yes. Yes. He's scoring and more. He's so being asked so to options, score more. And the options seem to be that pull-up jumper or getting it to trace off the pick and roll. And in, right. if, if there's not pick and roll, it's throw it into the block and we'll get a kick out off the block. Like the, I mean, the, those are yeah. the two, those that's, are the two that's default the offense. sets. Those are the two default yep. sets of the offense. It is what it is. I mean, Mike Woodson's talked about it. Like you said, it's a situation where, uh, you know, the, the offense's job isn't to get Miller Cobb shots. And Miller Cobb knows that too. That's why he's not forcing contested shots when some people, you know, have complaints about that. He's done more lately, but in general, he doesn't force contested shots because he knows a contested shot for it, me is not a contested shot for Trace. You know, it's different. And so he's going to pass those up. But I, I you know, th- that's just what the system is right now. And they're playing to the system. Now, I agree. I think Chifino should be looking you know, for that, especially when you're down 10 on the road and they're bombing threes at you, you need to start looking for your other guys, especially when, I mean, it was obvious to anybody in that arena that Trace didn't have it tonight. I had a friend there who's texting me. He's like, yeah, he just, he just looks like he doesn't have it tonight. I, it's interesting because I think Jalen takes some shots that I don't, I wouldn't approve of, but I do think they're okay in the Indiana system. I, I think, I think we saw that with X a little bit last year. And when X finally got it, he became a high assist guy. And I think Hood Shafino was a high assist guy. Now he's going back to that. I got the, I got the green light and he's trying to, now he needs to figure out how to have the green light and be an assist guy, uh, a major, you know, when, when X was good last year, he finally started scoring 
and throwing that out. Um, but they they've done that in the last few games where they've hit the lift off the off the screen and yep. roll. So I, I, I don't know, I don't know that it's that bad. But I think I think in huddles it's like go get yourself some, go get yourself some. I, I think that's it, it's it's a, it's we've talked about it all the time. It's just NBA draw double teams or draw a hedge or a hard hard trap on a ball screen. Get two on one and move the ball, and then drive off of that or score off of that. That's that's NBA basketball. And that's what Coach Woodson has done for 30 years, and that's what Indiana's going to do while Coach Woodson is the coach. Um, now, he started moving players to still get the ball inside or still get a ball screen action type stuff. He doesn't move players to get them action. But but I don't I – don't, I haven't noticed it, Jared, um, to be honest with you, other than, other than in Hood Shafino taking some shots that I think are really forced. But I think he's encouraged to. Well, I think that's my guess would be he's encouraged to. I I think that's the larger point. And again, I I don't say this as a criticism of him as much. I think he's that's the spot he's in. That's the role that he's in. Right. He's really and I think he's realized this like he has to score. Um, And so I think especially who else is going to. Right. And, and, And 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 this is, you know, I think part of the issue, too, now is with the bench guys consistently struggling you know, you wonder, you know, if, if a guy like Jalen, as he looks at this, it's like, we've got to score. Well, I'm the best option to take the shot because none of these other guys are really stepping it up and doing it. So, again, I'm not I don't think it's a criticism of him. I think he's in a tough spot based on what he's being asked to do, the up and down production of the other guys. Um, you know, and it's a it's a real rock and a hard place that the offense is in uh, right now. Um, because yeah, I mean, look, the team has done a lot of good things. Indiana's in a good position. I don't think there's, you know, this isn't a sky's falling conversation. But as you start looking forward to how can you make a run in the Big Ten tournament, how can you make runs in the NCAA tournament? Now what we've seen from this offense here for a good four or five games, kind of feels like they need to find another gear um, and get something else going. Um, Andy, any other moments stand out to you? Uh, I, I I don't know that I really have any jotted down. I think Coach said he had one. Uh, maybe we already hit it or not, but I'll, I'll throw it to him and I'll uh, I'll look back through my notes see if anything else comes up. Um, I was just going to talk a set that they ran that was really nice to begin the game, and this is what I'm I see at the beginning of games and beginning of halves they run stuff, and then as the game gets going they fall back into that ball screen and post up, and, and they they don't get uh, creative inside inside the ten minute mark twelve minute mark, but. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis had a little pin down for Hood Shafino, who curled in the lane and got a jumper to start the game. Then they went to a short roll, and TJD kicked it out for a three to Galloway. Then they hit a short roll later. So, th- so there's a lot of good things that are being done, but all of a sudden you get six or seven minutes in, and it's back to uh, the point guard taking shots and the post player, which you want because they're your best players. I get it, but but they're neat. They run good stuff to start the game, and that's how they got off to a really good start. So credit it to whoever, me. you know, got that going. But that was yeah. the moment that you might have missed because Indiana's offense was really bad in the last 24 minutes. But they really started off well because they ran good stuff. It looked yeah. like it was scripted. Yeah, no, I was going to say it reminds me of NFL teams who script their first 15, 20 plays, you know, and it's yeah. it's like we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And and the idea of doing that in the NFL and the NBA and, and college is to see how the other team reacts, and then you know what their game plan is by how they react. So, um, yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you. It does look like they are scripting plays to start games, and then it, it once those are over, they just fall back on the old faithful of tossing it into yep. – 
to trace or or running the high ball screen. You're right on that short roll stuff. That has been incredibly effective for Indiana when they've done yeah, it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Real quick. And and here's the thing. If they don't start the game doing that against Purdue on Saturday, there's something wrong because that was what they did to beat Purdue like a drum with that in the second half in that game. And, and also, when they gave the ball to TJD in a high post and run their guards off a little floppy action, like the guys weren't playing. They didn't play well either. So you might have been able to call 30 plays and the guys weren't going to execute Absolutely. tonight for whatever Absolutely. for whatever reason. It was just Fair. it was just not a good game. So in fairness to the coaching staff, sometimes you can call all the stuff you want. If the players don't pass, dribble, and shoot, it, it's not going to work. And I think that was some of it tonight as well. But I do think there's a pattern of scripting or calling stuff – timeout usage has usually been good it wasn't tonight coming out of halftime I think there's been some good stuff and then in the meat of those first and second halves it seems to just go back to a couple options I think that's a pattern yeah let's look let's go inside the numbers um you know to me there's a couple that stand out obviously the turnover number Indiana turns it over on 20 percent of their possessions against a Michigan State defense that is 350th in the country in defensive turnover rate at 14.7 percent you know, a lot of Fatigue, those just man. unforced. And, you know, this is where, to me, I mean, with Trace, it kind of feels like it's mental fatigue almost as much as it's physical fatigue. I mean, some of the passes, some of the decisions, I mean, it's not that he's just been playing 39-40 minutes. They're 39-40 hard minutes where he has yep, pressure on both, ends. on both ends. And he's a big guy. Like, minutes are different for a big guy than they are for a little guy, too. So that needs to be remembered. So that number really stood out. And then Michigan Jared, State getting 10 off fence. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, the, on the turnovers, it's worth noting that of the starters, they had nine turnovers. Trace had seven of those. Yeah. I mean, Huchifino only had one turnover. Cop only had one turnover. Nobody else who started had a single turn. Had, Trace had a just turnover. didn't have it tonight, man. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it's not like this was an epidemic across the roster. You know, it was Trace really didn't have it, turned it over seven times. I mean, your point guard played 30 minutes and turned it over once. Now, he didn't have a great game, but this wasn't a team-wide turnover epidemic it really wasn't yeah you know it almost makes you wonder I mean you know what do you we've just gotten into this flow of Trace is going to play all the minutes and we never take him out but man this kind of felt like a game in the first half he's struggling a little bit you know give him three or four minutes maybe let him sit for a little bit and kind of watch the game and you know but for whatever reason I mean it you know that didn't happen so whatever uh 10 offensive rebounds against a Michigan State team that is not a vintage offensive, you know, rebounding Michigan State team. Uh, and so the turnovers kind of point to what looked like mental fatigue, and I thought the rebounding really was physical fatigue. Uh, you know, maybe mental too, but, I mean, Indiana just, as we talked about, Trace with no lift, not really being physical, um, and, boy, you're not going to win many that games. Kid came in the in Center at, doing that. That kid came in the last six minutes. Hutchifino was out. That backup sit Kohler and Kohler. just really do kind of dominated – Traveled. Well, I my favorite traveled. Line, my favorite line of the night was he travels twice to go around Jackson Davis for a layup, and Jay Billis is like, "Wow, that's yeah, great, great footwork." And I think that was a you know slide. what he's and he's then, the new he's going to be the new Ethan Hat that he gets a reputation for good footwork, so yeah. the refs just think he that he's over, not traveling. And then he and then he buried Trace under the basket with a push in the back, and then tipped right. the shot in over him, and, and then and, blocked and, and, his shot again, twice, and then blocked. Well, and, and Joey yeah. Hauser came down all over Trace's arm on yeah. that same play to hold his arm down so Kohler could block. I mean, it was it was a great double team by those guys. Great job. But uh, but that like, not being but critical no, of TJD, but, but that's that mental fatigue yes, and that physical agreed. fatigue of playing all 20 minutes in the first half yep. 
that just shows because TJD's been super fantastic, and he was yep. just average Especially today. Especially closing halves. He's been, he's been really yeah. good closing the first half, and even when he's playing 20 minutes. But he just and hit I, a wall, I'm man. T- I mean, and maybe this is a one-game wall for him. Maybe he gets is. a couple days off, and Saturday he comes out on fire against Edie. It's a big game for both those guys with national and conference you know, implications and all that. Maybe he comes out fine, but you just feel like – at the end of the last couple games, he's looked a little tired at times. He got that lift against Illinois with that big dunk, but there were points where he's missing free. His free throws are flattening out at the end of games. I mean, this has been coming for a while, and I hope it's a one-game thing. But yep. man, it, the that, coaching that staff tonight. knows that was it. Story tonight because that's why they rested him in the second half because yeah, they, they haven't been resting him. They they yeah. kind of knew at halftime that he was he he was that way. It, yeah, thought, the number thought, for me. I thought some of the rebounds, go ahead, Andy. just to, to go back to him, was he, yeah, I, part of that is Kohler being able to come in and know, hey, hey if I commit any fouls, so what? So <laughs> yeah. he's physical with him, bodies him under the basket a little bit. And, and Trace, even a lot of times, is athletic enough that if he doesn't have the best position, he can just go rise up and get it. That just what he just didn't have that explosiveness off the floor. So, you know, credit to. Kohler for coming in and doing that. I mean, Izzo had yelled at the referees after the the uh, that charge got called and Michigan State got called for two fouls the rest of the half. Uh, well, three if you count the one they did intentionally. So I think if you're Kohler at that point, you know you can just go in and uh, you know throw your weight around and see what happens. But I, I thought they they were physical enough with him to that really accentuated his fatigue in the, in the course of the game and and really got him in positions where he couldn't couldn't rebound as well as he normally would. I love all the Twitter and chat mob tough guys that are like mental fatigue. These guys should be able to play 40 minutes. Come on. Dude, they're not yeah. robots, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just not realistic. They I mean, also have midterms and they're flying all over the country. Like, and it, it especially it traces a special case. Like the load that has been on him physically. Like, I don't think we've come on here for the last 12 years doing the show and talked a lot about a guy facing mental fatigue. But when a guy has the, the, the pressure on him every minute of every game like Trace does because of how this team is set up, that is going to get to you. And it is amazing how well he has played with incredible, you know, with all of that on him so far. So it's, like, it is not thing. a criticism of him as much as it is, is that that's just an accurate reflection of what our eyes are telling us. If you so. had five guys averaging 10 points a game, then you're not too worried about it. But he's everything to this team. If he doesn't yeah. score 25 points and grab 10 rebounds, they're probably not winning the game. I mean, that's where we're at right now. Like, you know, I mean, you you can win without that, but a lot of other stuff's got to go right. And when you're on the road, all that stuff rarely goes right. And so, I mean, it's... Yeah, and what do people is, think? He just waited until now to start loafing? <laughs> yeah, like, no, he played... break. And if you watched him tonight, <laughs> he was trying to work incredibly hard. Yes. He's just... It just sometimes your body does not respond to what you want it to do. It just it, it's basic every, physiology. Every great athlete tapers at the end of seasons for their Olympic swims or their runs or load management in the NBA. <laughs> uh, people need to take care and and if load not, management? absolutely. <laughs> um, the number number for me is ten threes. Um, Michigan State, I was at a game where Michigan State had zero in a game yeah, uh, at, at Illinois. And I don't know how to read all those stats, so I'm going to go to Andy. But they're like 299th in like three-point attempts to field goal attempts or whatever that is on Ken Palm. So that means they probably don't take a whole lot. Um, the but that's the, the over. When, yeah. When you're, when you're don't at, at me, Jay. 
when you're when you're that open, you really you really have to take. But but that 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 putting people it just drives me nuts that putting people in help without help being needed. Yeah. It's a long closeout. And people have taken advantage of that all year long. Um, well, Penn State and it, yeah, and it's just it just it just drives me nuts that yes, I'm all about help and stopping the drive, but don't go to help unless you need to be in help so you can be closer to your guy in a in an era of at the rim and three point shooting. Ten threes to a team, you could tell they didn't want to shoot because in the first half they were driving every kick out. They were driving and then redriving and redriving. Like, they didn't want to take the three. And then Izzo or someone said, guys, they're giving us the three. got to take some. Then all of a sudden, they they hit him, and then Walker went off because he hit him. And when you – you know, you got to be careful giving people space. And then they hit shots and see it go in in an emotional night. And and I think that 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 10 threes is the number that sticks out for me. Yeah, I for me it's Indiana shot forty eight percent from the field and wasn't even in the yeah. game. Like I mean that's yeah. crazy to shoot forty eight percent from the field on the road and really at for the last 10, 15 minutes it looked like they they just they weren't going to come back and win regardless. And it the reason okay. why is defense they couldn't stop they couldn't stop them defensively. You know, and Michigan State yeah. scores eighty and it felt like Michigan State scored eighty. You know, it wasn't one of those where you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, wow, they got eight. They wound up with eighty points. I was shocked they weren't at eighty much earlier than they were because the defense just wasn't there. Well, you know, and part of that is, you know, 48% field goal percentage is fine, but effective field goal percentage is even more important. And Indiana didn't take enough threes. So we lost by 15 on a night when they made 10 threes and we made five. This is one of those games that we talked about a long time ago. Back to the the exhibition games of this season. Is this team going to have the habits and be ready to make threes when the games call for it? Here we are, February 21st. This is the exact game that we were predicting and fearing. Because this is a game where Indiana needed to step up and take and make more threes when other stuff wasn't working, and they just didn't really have the ability to do it. Five of 14. 14 threes on a night like tonight when Trace doesn't really have it down low? They made 35%. I mean, Yeah, the percentage is fine. It's been fine all season. It's it's not amazing, but that's decent. You shoot, you know, more of those. And, And again, Galloway, three of five. Cop, two of three. Huchifino dragged down the percentage by going 0 of five. And... Of those guys, he's the one you don't want shooting five necessarily. You know, I mean, you want cop to shoot five, six, not three. So, uh, you know, yeah. any other numbers? <laughs> I got a number. It's New Ken Palm numbers at night. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty much all bad. Although, I mean, you look <laughs> yeah. down every one of these. It's like oh, bench points outscored, second chance points outscored. Uh, uh, you know, fast break points only five to two. Uh, so I guess that's that's good. You know, Michigan State seven steals. Uh, yeah. IU only 10 assists to 13 turnovers. Just, yeah, they're all bad. I mean, and I come back to the, you know, the one number that really stands out when you look at this is in 30 minutes for Jalen Hitchfino, Indiana was plus four. Sometimes when you sit a guy for that long in yeah. the first half, when you foul number, your own guy out number, in the first half, yeah. it doesn't work out well. And tonight and, it really and, bit Indiana. And he finishes the game with two fouls. Two fouls, ladies and gentlemen, two fouls. Didn't pick plus up 11, Plus 11 in 11 minutes in the first half, by the way. Yeah, somebody made a comment about this. I saw on Twitter. I, f- I forget who it was. Um, but, you know, last night, if you watched the Kansas TCU game, Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, two of Kansas' best players, both have two fouls. Self put him in with about six minutes left in the first half and let him play it out. And and that was a huge reason why they won the game. They were losing momentum. It was a very similar situation to what was going on. Not only did he put one of them back in, he put both of them back in. And uh, they end up getting a 
big road win and that bill yeah. self he shows potential i think he's got a future as a coach i think he'll he's also a scumbag <laughs> yeah <laughs> just an all time and he just revels wow in okay I mean, he is. That's not a controversial thing to say. (laughs) It's a pretty well-established fact on the record there, uh, Jared. Uh, Yes. No. On that note, let's go on to our Didn't think he was going to catch a strand on this one, did (laughs) you? Here we go. (laughs) Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls, do some Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss some lingering questions, and look ahead to what's coming up here for Indiana. That's next. Stick with us. (laughs) Poor Bill Self. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. I'm pretty sure Devontae would like our thoughts about shot selection right now because we're talking about take more threes, you know? Oh, how Let times it fly. have changed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. how times have Come changed. Come on, Devontae. <laughs> we got your back, man. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. You can join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right, I'm Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni, Andy Bottoms, and Ryan Phillips. Uh, And gentlemen, it's time for our game balls, presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD. Boy, this feels like the first time in a while that, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of great options, but at least there may be a little bit of a debate. I don't know. Uh, who are you guys going with for your game ball? Uh, Andy, why don't you go first? 
I don't know. Always. It's always. <laughs> what do you I just I trust your opinion more than these other guys. Alphabetically. <laughs> yeah. Going alphabetically. I mean, realistically, you look at it, and TJD, for as poor as he played in the turnover column, led the team in points, rebounds, and assists. I don't know. Really, you know. It just feels, yeah, I mean. It doesn't feel like you should give it to him. And minutes played. Yeah, it doesn't really Field goals feel like, made. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like you should give it to him, but. Uh, I think, well. I, I mean, I guess I'll go with Jalen, because he had 16 and was the, you know, one of the only guys with a positive number and as you said really was the guy who when he was on the court gave you some sense of hope but uh you could effectively talk me out of virtually anyone who would be in contention for uh for this tonight all right that's fair uh ryan who gets your game ball you know i was i was actually perusing the chat real quick just to see if anybody's jumping out at anybody in there somebody said galloway i'm like the way he defended i can't how many threes were hit on trey galloway's head tonight i just it's not an effort thing i think he just he wasn't off ball he wasn't closing out yeah, that, I, I that was that was where i leaned but i couldn't i couldn't do his off ball defense was atrocious and we've seen it on the road from him a couple times i mean he's, it's never an effort problem with trey it's just a, a focus thing uh, on ball i thought he was pretty good and walker just drops them on his head. I mean, you know, and that, that happens to you sometimes. I, I thought about Jalen. I, you know, but look, I mean, Trace, the seven turnovers hurt him, but still he was the only thing that they had going for a while. I, I give it to him. I mean, in a night where it's kind of like, I, eh, um, I, I thought Huchfino won it based on his first half, but then the second half he, he kind of struggled. So I gave, I'll give it to Trace for 19, seven, five, and the seven turnovers, I, I mean, some of them I can't really blame him that much on because they were just putting everything on his shoulders, and and sometimes he was trying to figure out what to do with it. So I'll, I'll give it to Trace, but it's kind of a, uh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Coach? I, I'm giving it to Galloway. Um, he didn't play very good defense, but it's more position. He was in the right position of where Coach wanted him, and he had long closeouts, and he was a step slow of reacting off of the help, which didn't help. But I also thought he was aggressive offensively with his shot, which is something we're going to need. He was three of five from three, had double figures, uh, didn't turn the ball over, uh, and I think just played hard. And in a night when your best players were average and they they get stats because of volume, they weren't very good. Uh, Hood Shafino wasn't very good, and Trace Jackson Davis wasn't very good. Love him, and we're going to need him, and he's going to carry us to a, a lot more wins this year. But we've praised him all year. He was not very good, and, and whether that's fatigue or whatever else, uh, but he was very, very average tonight. And I just can't give a game ball to 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 players who I think should have played better. Um, Galloway should play better defensively, yes, but I thought he – he played better than expected offensively in a night when I don't really want to give a game ball, period. I'm leaning towards Galloway. So we've got one vote for Trace, one vote for Jalen, one vote for Galloway. I'm kind of like you, Coach. It's a, it's a hard one to pick. I'm going to give it to Jalen because he was the one guy who was positive plus minus. You know, He didn't shoot well from three-point range, but he was efficient inside the line. Uh, six for eight, made all of his free throws. And I think critically only had one turnover in 30 minutes of play you know, on the road, which he avoided a lot of the really bad turnovers. I don't think he made great decisions in transition. Um, and so even though those weren't turnovers, you know, had some uh, that weren't great uh, decisions. But I'm going to give it to him just because I thought 
you know, his play was probably the most impactful, um, you know, based on how the team played with him on the court. And I know there's a lot of factors that go into that, but probably not worth wasting a whole lot more time uh, trying to figure out who gets a game ball for a 15-point loss. So it goes to Jalen, and that is his third game ball of the season. And now that brings us to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right, thank you, Anthony. And Anthony Lil got some minutes tonight. Uh, got out there, played, did some hustling, getting uh, on the floor like he always does. Played that tough man-to-man defense there with about 15 seconds left while Michigan State was just trying to dribble it out. But you got to appreciate that from Anthony. Uh, okay, uh, we'll go in reverse order this time. Coach, we'll start with you. Who gets your hustle award? Was there hustle? I, I just watched two hours. I, I saw a flat basketball team. I, I think there was effort. I yeah, think effort. they tried. To, they played hard, but I don't know that the, anyone hustled. I can't remember. I, I, I remember Caleb Banks kind of going for an offensive rebound that I thought he wasn't going to get, and I was kind of happy with that. And Renew had Leo played like that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I thought it was Coach kind of a, one example of hustle is Caleb Banks kind of going after a rebound. He also took a ball right off his face. I kind of face. By the he way, took a, Renew, he took a charge as well. I mean, he, he did. He did on Hauser. And did he you was see, moving. Izzo lit Hauser up for that, though, because it was careless. But the other. Oh, yeah. Was, that second one was a charge. Yeah, that one was for the real. first. The first one. Uh, Renew is moving Renew big time. Up. No, the, the the did you see the play where it went off a of bank's face and it went yes. right to Renew's lap? He was in bounds, and they called him out of bounds. Yes, he they was. The, they showed the replay, and it was like his foot was out of bounds for a second. And he completely reestablished himself and caught the ball, and nobody said anything. I was like, that is one of the most obvious calls I've ever seen missed. He was a foot, like, he was at least eight inches in bounds. So, anyway. Everybody was ready to go home at that point. Yeah, I I'm know. Not I, the right, I, it's fine. I'm not the right guy in a game like this to give a hustle award, so I'm going to give it to, Galloway. Give it to you, thought, you said no, he played hard. I already, yeah, but you I already picked him. But he didn't get the so, – so you can give it to him again. I, I don't to. think you can pick the same guy. Coach is a man of integrity. I, I don't think – so. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought if he didn't actually get thank the you, game Andy. ball, then you could – okay. All right, fine. Fine. I, thank you. Okay. I, I feel I feel respected. That's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, well done, I'm giving Andy. it to Anthony Leal. Okay. Anthony Leal probably hustled in practice this week, and, and he got some run in a game where no one else was hustling, and he reads the award – I'm going Anthony Leo. Okay, Anthony Leo gets it. He got, and he got a floor burn tonight, you know. So absolutely, he dove on the go. floor. All right, Andy. That was actually me. But I know, Andy. You're going to your over to you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> someone's getting cranky late. Goodness gracious! I mean, this is one I struggle with as well. I mean. <laughs> I thought Banks did did some good things. I, I'm going to go with him. We talked about a few of the, yeah, the effort good. plays that he made. I, I guess I'll say that. 
Yeah, I thought all those guys at the end. CJ got in there and hustled. That I was nice even Banks when he got in in the first half. I thought I thought I, I gave uh, gave a bit of a or maybe that was the second half when he came in. But I thought he gave a little bit of a spark and um, yeah. so I, I I'll go with him. Uh, I'll go. I'll agree. I'll go with Caleb Banks. I think he gave us a lift. I'd like to see a little more of him. Maybe move race to the to the five for some stretches or, or renew to the five and put Caleb at the four and spread him out. Um, I, I'd like to see some more of that. I think that I think his energy is uh, is helpful to Indiana. Yeah, I'm going to throw a vote in for Trey, uh, who I did. You know, while he struggled some defensively, I mean, you you know, you're always going to get an honest effort um, and hustle from Trey. So I'm going to give it to him. Uh, but obviously, Caleb gets it, and I think Caleb uh, was a deserving recipient. Well, that's his first hustle award. He didn't get a hustle award for the Ohio State game. Interesting. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so as we look at lingering questions, you know, I thought it was very interesting what Mike Woodson did with his bench in the second half, which is you're down and you probably need some outside shooting and you have a guy who's shooting 40% who played 13 minutes in the first half and Tamar Bates and he doesn't get off the bench in the second half, you know, instead, basically it looked like Woodson you know, kind of said, we're going to go with hustle, you know, guys, you know, Caleb Banks, who I know is, you know, going to get out there and kind of play hard and, you know, then obviously later on, uh, the game was decided at that point, but, you know, brings Leland, brings CJ in, um, you know, look, we've all been hoping for more production from Tamar Bates and it's just not coming. Um, and it seems like that second half may have been a tipping point for the coach. I mean, and not even playing him at all. Now we'll have to see, you know, maybe that rotation goes back to normal in the Purdue game, but that jumped out at me and seemed noticeable that he yep. played so much in the first half and did not see the floor at all in the second half. What does that mean for this rotation going forward? Um, I mean, I think at this point, you know, look, obviously, you know, I was there, you know, trying to will, <laughs> will good, you know, good play into existence, make, making him my pick to click, but it's just not happening right now. And I'm not sure what it's going to take. And it, you know, it may well be coach that Tamar just isn't a good fit for this type of offense and would function better in an offense where he can be kind of a volume score and get his rhythm going. But that's not what this offense is. And so for whatever reason, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of factors at play here. He's just not getting the production and he hasn't found a way to make it work in the system he's in, which ultimately is, you know, his responsibility to do. So I'm really interested to see what happens with that moving forward. Yeah, I I thought he really struggled tonight. And it's just it's tough to watch because, you know, you want him to do well. You want Indiana to do well. But he he was lost again defensively and offensively. Misses that little pull up in the lane. uh, Wasn't ready to shoot that. Um, Yeah, he just he wasn't very productive in his minutes. And you can understand why, you know, um, coach wouldn't uh, play him. And and to me, it's a bigger lingering question, guys, is – is the bench developing or is it regressing as the season goes on? And is that on the players or is that something the coaching staff needs to do better? We obviously have no clue. We're not in there, but as the season's going on, the bench production is falling uh, to the wayside and it's really putting pressure on Woodson to play as starters, which then gets the fatigue. And so it's a, it's a tough question. If players aren't playing well, you're not going to get some run. But why aren't they playing well? Um, you know, Jordan that, that's got to be. second half either, I don't think, did he? Geronimo's uh, he came in struggled right the down the stretch. Right at the end. Banks is, is not playing as well as he has. Or not Banks, but I mean uh, Bates. Bates. 
uh, th- those two, and we've lost X. So, you know, you, you've lost good pieces of rotation where a, a coach, I don't blame Woodson for riding his starters heavy. And, and the solution is you get X back. If X can play yeah. some level of minutes at some level of his past production, that's what th- those minutes will probably go to uh, when, when and if he can come back. Yeah, one thing on this is there are just the the Big Ten is so loaded in the middle this year that there aren't blowout games unless you're playing Nebraska twice or you know, I mean there aren't those games where you can oh uh, we're up we're, Nebraska's right, got yeah. seven wins now I, don't be I know, but, Nebraska Minnesota well, I, I think is our, the team you want to use okay that, fine Minnesota that. whatever but no Actually, I Ohio State's right Ohio State's State. a good call yeah <laughs> but I mean there aren't those games where you're going to get a twenty point lead and you can use it to get your guys minutes that's why as we said earlier near you got to get these guys minutes early on because Big Ten's too tough to do that some years and and this has turned out to be a year where there's no off nights and so you don't have a chance to maybe let those guys extend their run if if you're in a game and it gets tight and they're in, they're coming out and you're bringing your starters back in. And, and so it's a symptom of the schedule as well. And Indiana has pulled the card on a very difficult schedule this year. And and it seemed that way before the season and for different reasons, uh, because some of the teams that we expected to be good did not turn out to be that good. And uh, some of the, you know, it's, they, they had the hardest schedule at the beginning and it turns out they're going to have the hardest schedule at the end more than likely so, because of, you know, t- teams that have gotten better. So uh, it's, it is that catch 22. If you got to get these guys some production, but if they're not giving you production, it could cost you a game. You got to stick your other guys back in. And so it's you, but you're not going to develop them. If you don't play them, we've said that for years. If you don't play them minutes, you're not, they're not going to get better. And so it's, it is a catch 22 for the coaching staff. hundred percent. Yeah, and I think I think when you look at it, there really isn't one guy on there that you know what you're going to get on a, a regular basis. I think Renew is probably as close to that as you have right now, and even he's been inconsistent. So you end up throwing darts at a bunch of guys, but the way the offense works, n- nobody who goes in is going to get that many opportunities to really do anything or get into all that much of a flow in the game. And so then, like you just said, Ryan, then you pull the ripcord pretty fast to go pull get everybody else back in the game. And so it becomes a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're not running stuff for guys who come in off the bench. Maybe they don't deserve to have stuff run for them in the view of the way the offense is and whatever else. But you don't have one guy who you're like, I'm going to go try to ride this guy and he's going to get these minutes. I think he's just searching at this point. And so that's why you see a Banks who had not played for, I don't even know how many games before he, he I think it was the Ohio State game that he you know was able to you know come in and contribute but hadn't played for a long time since then. And I think it's just a, a sign of really grasping and trying to hope that you can find somebody to work. But um, when you got this, you know, batch of five, six guys that you're just hoping one of them is clicking on a given night, it's hard to tell if anybody's clicking on a given night, the way that your offense is so structured around Trace and Jalen, which for a lot of reasons makes some sense. It just makes it really hard to discern night to night if you're really going to get anything out of these guys and if you are going to get something out of them which one is it which one or ones is it going to be and more often than not lately it's ended up being nobody uh and and so you know having x back if you think about at the beginning of the year when galloway is coming off the bench um you know you kind of know what you're getting from him as he uh you know as he comes into the game now you don't have that luxury he was the one guy who you really could kind of pencil in and know what you were going to get so uh I, i think it's and really, at this point, you got three games left in a regular season. It really, it is what it is at this point. You're you're not going to figure that out. And maybe you 
uh, catch lightning in a bottle with somebody on a game to game basis and, uh, and figure it out from there. But that doesn't really seem uh, likely based on the way that it's gone, but you do have a couple home games at the end. So maybe that's there. You're going to need some of that, in the big 10 tournament. Um, you saw some of that from Geronimo down the stretch last year, where he was able to really step up in some of those games. Do you, do you get somebody to, to step in and fill those roles? Maybe, but um, your guess is as good as mine as to who that's going to be based on how those guys have been used and how they've played. Co- Coach Woodson gets it. Last year he had the five-man subs, and none of us liked it. And now, now he's gone to a basically a six-man rotation, and now we don't like that it's either. All about balance. He's, Coach. He's find the sweet spot. Right? There's still a lot of room to explore in there between six. It, and it honestly, you play you play eight guys, um, but you got to give them a little more run at, at times, and and it's a tough thing because you want to win, but you got to give some you know extended minutes at times, and. You know, I don't. That's a. It's just a tough situation um, that that coach is in right now because the bench guys aren't producing, um, and uh, got got to figure that out soon. I love how Ryan just desperately wants to go get to his cereal and get to his beauty rest, and so he's in the chat. We should wind this actually. down for Andy's sake. Well, it's says. late for Andy. It's tw- it's twelve thirty. I figure he's got. <laughs> what time zone is coach? Coach and I are in the same time zone, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but what's what's coach got? Coach loves being here. Coaches, <laughs> yeah. Andy's always. I like, just had to wow. go. So. <laughs> Coach, I'm not sure which of us should take more offense. To be honest, I don't really know. <laughs> um. All right. Well, the other lingering question is, what is this team going to look like in West Lafayette? You know, I mean, obviously that is a very tough place to play. Indiana played well there last year. You know, didn't get off to a great start, but really played well in the second half, and darn near pulled that game out. Um, yeah, that was obviously with X. Um, and I don't think X is going to play in that game from everything we've heard. The expectation is to hopefully try to get him some minutes, those final two home games. Um, so I wouldn't expect him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, coach, as you kind of look ahead to that game, which, you know, obviously it'll be nice to get a few extra days of rest. Hopefully that helps gets, you know, get, get guys, you know, maybe their legs back and go up there and play a good refreshed 40 minutes and, you're expecting probably to lose. That's the most likely outcome, but give yourself a chance in the end, um, you know, and see what happens. One of the things I think this team has shown is the ability to bounce back. Three-game losing streak, they turn it around. Bad performance at Maryland, they turn it around. Uh, a disappointing loss, come back and win. Uh, it hasn't always been pretty, <clears throat> but they, they've done that. And I thought even today, I thought they were trying to reach down into their tank and find something. They, were, they got back to, you mentioned, 53-48. I think this team doesn't quit, and that, that's a positive leaving. Even I mean, they played bad tonight, but they they keep trying. So I think they're going to have a great effort. I think Purdue's going to be focused. That place is going to be absolutely bonkers, uh, wanting to pay us back uh, for, for the previous victory. I think it's a very, very tough ask for Indiana to go in there and win. Do I think it's possible? Yes, you're going to have to have a lot better performance than uh, tonight. But if you can't get up for Purdue – and and that's one where if your tank's a little bit half empty or only a quarter full of gas, that you can probably find enough to muster a, a great effort when you play your rival, especially in that environment. So I expect a better effort. Uh, I do th- I do think it'll be tough to win. 
But I, I think this team has shown the ability to bounce back. And so I don't know that they'll have two clunkers in a row. And if they do, you got two games at home uh, to, to finish off the season. Uh, this has uh, been a good season given all of the injuries and, and things that have happened to be in a position to be a four or five seed uh, going into the tournament with the injuries is just a, a remarkable thing for, for coaches and, and uh, players to, to accomplish. So uh, try to keep that in mind as well. Quick look ahead. Thursday, the Doing the Work crew uh, is going to do a show before Assembly Call Radio to preview IU-Iowa, which is now no longer a game for sole possession of first place in uh, in the Big Ten. It is a coronation for your outright Big Ten champion, uh, Indiana Hoosiers. So they're going to talk about that. And then we are going to have Assembly Call Radio this week. There's no women's game, so we will have the show uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about IU-Purdue. We may have a guest uh, from behind enemy lines to come on and kind of give the Purdue side of things. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And then obviously on Saturday, we have the postgame show after IU-Purdue. And then we'll have doing the work here on Sunday uh, after Indiana plays Iowa. So with that said, let's go to some final thoughts and let's, you know, just kind of flush this one and move on. Um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of value in lingering on this one too much. Hopefully we see better play uh, starting on Saturday. Uh, Andy, we will go to you first for your final thought so that you can get out of here at Ryan's behest. I should really, I should really let coach go first. um, (laughs) I love it here. But he he loves being here and I apparently do not. So Uh, yeah, go to field of 68, Andy, do some bracketology over there. Why don't you? That's a good show, by the way. It is a good show. Uh, I, I did some I did some errands around the house listening to you, Andy, on Monday. It was it was quite enjoyable. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, I, yeah, I think this you're a man of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you're laying it on pretty thick. Um, yeah, so that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you you look at this even outside of the circumstances at Michigan State, and it's a tough game to to win. Uh, that adds a little bit to it, and. Uh, it just was not a game that I, you had a lot of juice in, unfortunately to, uh, to really get him over the hump. And, and I thought like coach said, you know, I found myself sitting there and it's like, they somehow cut it to five seemingly against all odds. And we're just hanging around. Um, and that's a testament to them not really giving up, but they just wasted too many opportunities and made too many turnovers other times. And that was really something that when this team has played poorly, we've come on here and said that, over and over again those are when the turnovers crop up those are when the turnovers come at times when you've got a chance to extend a lead and it takes that opportunity away from you and and some of the defensive issues from the the worst performances of the season cropped up again and just that is not a recipe to win in east lansing it's not a recipe to win at a tournament level team and uh it's pretty much what we saw tonight like i said i think the biggest uh, you know, downside of this other than, you know, losing itself was you weren't getting beat by enough to really take trace out and let him sit more in the second half. He still ended up playing 35 minutes, kind of kept it at a margin where you couldn't just totally throw in the towel. But uh, I think we all felt like we kind of knew what was going to happen at some point. So uh, I, I think you're going to, given the games that this team has had, the, the the physicality of those games and the amount that they've relied on a couple players, um, it, it really just, it, it wasn't a question of, of if, but when, and now the question is, is how long and how long does that, does that set in? I, I, I am, 
a lot like coach and feel like this team's been pretty resilient both inside and uh, inside of games and, and from game to game over the course of the season. I think if ever there was one that would give you a little bit of juice, if you needed it, it would be playing at Purdue and uh, you have the chance to, to get a sweep over them. So I don't really see that being an issue. I don't think the how long is, you know, a multiple week, you know, multiple weeks is not the answer, but uh, certainly tonight, this looked like a pretty tired basketball team that just didn't have a lot of answers. And uh, I think we can be, I think we've seen enough from them. I think everybody feels, at least should feel relatively confident in their ability to, to bounce back. doesn't mean they're going to win at Purdue, but I think you'll see a better effort and a, a little bit more focus on that end of things. And and then you get to close things out at home, and that's uh, always exciting and uh, give the team a chance to hopefully build a little momentum heading into the Big Ten tournament uh, and see from there. I think more than half of the league at this point has seven losses, so uh, projecting what the uh, seeding of the Big Ten tournament uh, is certainly not something that I will even attempt to do at 12:40 a.m. today or any day in the near future. So we'll just uh, kind of wait and see how it plays out. But hoping for a bounce back, kind of flush this one and move on. Coach, yeah, this team is it when it plays well, it's just really good, and then it's either really good or really bad. Uh, inside games, from game to game, whatever, and they need to find some consistency and level that play out. Uh, down 20 at Northwestern, then an outstanding comeback falls short. Down 11 against Illinois, makes a big run. And to some extent, that's college basketball. It's a game of runs. You see that a lot in, in when you watch a, a lot of college basketball. But this team really is up or down, and, and they need to just find uh, find some offense. I, I'm just really concerned. Uh, you know, this was a one-off defensively. They, they've been pretty consistent defensively since Penn State, so I think they've found that. But the trend right now offensively is downward um, in scoring in the mid-60s, and that that is a concern uh, of uh, if that can be corrected and head head back up, and it's going to need to be to, to play well in the postseason. How come every time we lose, by the time we get here an hour and 20 minutes in, the chat mob always devolves into a conversation about Kelvin Sampson? This always happens. <laughs> What's going on? How do we always get on this subject after a loss? The, the witching hour is upon us. We yes, need. It really is. This is the only answer. Ryan's muted. He's making some great point about Kelvin, and now he's muted. Oh, I was oh, just helping you out. No, I was saying. I was saying we need the shorter shows because it happens every time. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. It's different people. Just always the subject yeah. ends up coming up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Give us your final thought, Ryan. You know, tonight was ostensibly just a basketball game, but it was so much more to Michigan State. And I think that showed uh, in the fans, in, in the players who played, you know, once they settled into the game, played like that meant something. It really meant something to them. And, you know, this is something where this kind of stuff, we're, we're seeing it just way too often. And, and we're having to do these, you know, wearing a shirt that says, you know, whatever university whatever their mascot is strong and everybody comes out and everybody's really sad about it. And I'm not going to go off on, on some tangent about guns, but I just think it's a really sad situation for everybody. And, and quite frankly, it's, it was really hard to root against Michigan state tonight. I rooted for Indiana, but it was hard to root against Michigan state. And I, you know, I'm happy for them for, for winning this game. And, and I hope they go on a really long run to honor the victims of, of that shooting. And uh, I hope those students find found some comfort tonight in being able to just go out and be college students for a couple hours uh, because it's horrifying. 
what happened on that campus last week and what happens happens on campuses all over this country. So uh, on a regular basis, whether it's high school, college, whatever. So um, just, you know, they're in our thoughts tonight because tomorrow they have to go back on that campus as students, you know, a week after something terrible happened. And so again, kudos to them for showing up for their community tonight and winning that game. Um, kudos for Indiana for supporting them as well and wearing those shirts and, and being right there with them. Um, and, and yeah, I, I hope Michigan state goes on a run, man. I mean, I don't want to beat Indiana again, but I really do hope they get it together, go on a run and, and can honor those victims. Yeah. I did an interview, uh, with a Michigan state podcast at the locked on Spartans podcast. And that was basically, you know, kind of my final thought at the end of that, which is, you know, look, Indiana's playing a basketball game. And so I want Indiana to win. But if Michigan State ends up winning, I'm honestly not going to be that upset because of what it's going to mean. Um, and Trace has you know, been great about putting things in perspective and talking about how even in the midst of playing the best basketball of his life, talking about how you know, there are bigger things than basketball, you know, whether it's his relationship with his rivals or you know, this you know, with Michigan State. And so I agree with you, Ryan. Um, I don't, I just, I, it felt to me all along like this was a game Michigan State probably wasn't going to lose to anybody. Um, you know, and Indiana was there and Indiana didn't play very well, but honestly, I mean, it's such a secondary or tertiary storyline coming out of tonight. It's just the one we focus on. Cause that's what we do on this post game show. Um, but your, your thoughts are, uh, you know, well said. And I think, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot and this was something we were dealing with as an Indiana family, we would want to have the other schools supporting us. Um, you know, like, like folks have been supporting Michigan state. So, you know, the last thing I'll say about our team, you know, I know some folks don't like, you know, talking about mental and physical fatigue. Let's be clear about this. It's not an excuse to be used for the rest of the season. It's just, I think a reflection of the reality of what we're watching. But now that we know this, I mean, it's up to the players to figure this out. It's up to the coaching staff to figure this out, whether it's changing up what you do for practice and, you know, whatever it takes, other guys stepping up to take some of the load off. All we're giving you is what we're seeing and trying to explain the reasons for some of the play that we're seeing. But it doesn't mean that now, oh, well, I guess for the rest of the season, you know, that's just going to be an excuse and they can't be expected to overcome it. Oh, no, they need to, all of them. Um, or you'll see more losses like this. But as Coach said, I think it's fair right now, based on the full body of work of this team, to believe in their ability to bounce back and to believe in their ability to kind of fight through this wall and get on the other side of it and be ready to play you know, good basketball again. That's certainly what I'm hoping. I know that's what you're hoping. And hopefully we see it as soon as Saturday up in West Lafayette. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to talk IU Hoops again with you for AC Radio. Until then. Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mrs. Stansoni. Ryan's being stupid again. I always love Jordan's keep your elbow in. Elbow in. Because he only kept one elbow in. (laughs) That's right. All right. Oh, gosh. Hour and a half later. Uh, I think we beat that one to death.
Yeah, we did. Just beat Purdue. Just go beat Purdue. That'd be so great, man. That would be great. That would be the perfect way to bounce back. But really, go play 40 good minutes of basketball. Again. Yeah, honestly. There's a way to yeah. come out of that game happy and feeling like things are back on the right track, even if you don't win the game. I mean, the goal is to they, win the game, Herm Edwards, all that. But, you know. High pressure. High pressure those guards. On, yeah. High pressure those guards. Good track. All right, guys. Yeah. Go to bed. Yeah, I all guess right. we should. Well, Not the commenters. You guys can stay up as late as you want. But Hey, Coach, I have a point to kick around with you if you want to hang around for five more minutes. He's muted. He's muted. Oh, he's, Me and Coach do that all the time. Fake muted. I'm going to stay here all night. I like it here. He does love it All right, here. live stream. All night live stream. I'm, go- I'm going to give my students I'm going to give my students the link to watch and just teach from here tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Good night, Andy. Oh, what, do you, what do you got, Jared? <laughs> Good night, Andy. Uh, okay, so I'm going to get I'm going to get your thoughts on this um, cuz I saw someone in the chat talking about how Okay, well, you know, Zach Eady has the same type of pressure that Trace does, and he's handling it. And I, uh, you know, obviously there's some truth to that. I mean, Zach Eady has a huge, heavy burden for Purdue. I guess the difference is, and this is where I want you to tell me if I'm, you know, being too soft or making excuses or whatever. I do think it's a different situation for two reasons. One, you know, the game that Trace is being able to, or being asked to play, requires a lot more just body movement you know Zach Eady runs up and down the court but he for the most part stays still you know and block shots and rebounds and scores because he's just so big and I don't say that to take anything away from him he uses what he's got to be good at basketball but Trace is all about movement and mobility both defensively and offensively so he's expending more energy and also he's got more pressure on him offensively because he's not just asked to be a scorer he asked he's asked to be a facilitator and Zach Eady's role on offense is much simple, you know, go down there and score. And so I just, I don't think it's, to me, it's not as analogous. And it's a reason why I think you see a guy like Trace wearing down mentally and physically, because I'm just not sure we've, I don't know that maybe we, even us properly understand how much pressure is on him on a possession by possession basis. And it, it truly is remarkable, I think, how well he's played with all that pressure. But that's just why I think that comparison between those two guys, it doesn't quite hold the same for me. Now, I guess you could argue, well, Zach Eady's yeah. bigger. And so, you know, the minutes, you know, so whatever. But I just it, think they play different games. It, it is a different game. It's a post-up or a little zoom action. He dribble hands off, and then he goes rebounds. Um, where Trace is doing some other things in his athleticism. He, he'll, he'll come from the free throw lane. And, and and do some things where Edie just uses his big long arms to block shots. Yeah. Uh, so there's some physicality there, but they also rest Edie. I mean, Edie comes out about the 14, 15 minute mark of the yeah. first half and gets two or three minutes. Then he'll come out again in the first half and get two or three minutes. And they pace him inside of games. Yeah. That that's you know we're I'm not talking about uh, cutting him underneath 30 or 32 minutes, but get him 32 or 33 minutes. Maybe 34 minutes, but six minutes a game, it adds up. When you play 39, 40 minutes over and over and over and over and over again with the expectations. The other thing where I think you're absolutely correct is there's more options at Purdue. Mm -hmm. And and Painter will go to more options. Mason Gillis hits two threes. He runs four more plays for Mason Gillis, and Mason Gillis hits nine. And that gives a, a little bit of a breather of the responsibility of scoring. But almost every possession is Trace Jackson Davis unless the point guard comes up and shoots it before it goes into Trace Jackson Davis. 
So again, that's that making those decisions on double teams. Do I drive? Do I, you know, do those things? I think you're absolutely correct that he's more involved uh, in almost every possession, even though Edie's usage rate is probably pretty solid too. If you looked at the, the Ken Palm numbers and all that, they go through Edie quite a bit as well. And I thought you saw Edie wear down in the last two or three games. I thought right. I, he didn't play very well. And I, I saw an interview with him, I think on the field of 68 afterwards. And he's like, yeah, I just got to get back to doing some things. And uh, it can wear on, you know, when you're, you're the stud on a team, you can't afford to have a bad night because everyone will talk about it. Uh, that is a lot of mental and, and physical uh, uh, pressure. And, and you know, it, it's, it's easy for people to sit back and when you're not doing it game in and, and game out, uh, when you got the best players in the world taking double nights off, right, in load management in the NBA, can't even go to an NBA game or schedule an NBA game because you don't know if the star is going to play. Um, mm -hmm. So, th you know, the days of playing 82 games are over in the pros. You're going to play 60 probably if you're a, a big-time player, 60 or 70. So I, I, I think that that's something that's just maybe hard for people to understand. Um, and it's just a catch-22 because why wouldn't you want to ride TJD? He's fantastic. Yeah. Why, why not? Why not high volume for Trace Jackson Davis? And you know but he doesn't want to come out. So. There's a nuance in that, too, is that you want every one of his touches to be as efficient as possible. So sometimes less touches with more efficiency is better than absolutely every touch or every possession with some – you know, because he gets he gets down and out when he turns the ball over or when he doesn't score on a post up, and then you got to deal with that as well—the ups and downs within the game. Uh, you know, that kid comes in and blocks his shot. That's got to be frustrating for him at the end of the half, and all of that stuff adds up and adds up and adds up and adds up. And I think maybe that's part of X not being there too—is is the responsibility for scoring now is on both of those. And you're seeing Hood Shafino take some tough shots and. Trace Jackson Davis takes them. You're seeing the offense the last five games. They've really done a great job in winning nine out of 12 and put a lot out there. But I still – I think you're absolutely correct. Um, in yeah, and, so, and look, I, I fully believe – I fully expect Trace to bounce back uh, against Purdue. Yeah. You know, and I, so – but it's just – you know, what you don't I – th I think what I'm afraid of – here's the thing. I think what I'm afraid of when I think a lot of people are afraid of is, you know, getting to an NCAA tournament – you know, round of 32 game. And it looks like tonight where you're just like, this is right. not the team we've seen, you know? And like, I just want to see these guys play their best, be able to put it out there and let's see how far that can take us. And so you watch a game like tonight and you're like, man, this isn't the guy that we've seen. So I just, I want to see him get back to that, you know, and we're here trying to figure out solutions and you know, the staff, but Jared's my concern. It's been the last four games. We we've been fortunate to win a couple. Uh, yeah. Rutgers, we played well in the first half and then coasted. I, the Purdue game, you got to give credit to Purdue. I think they're really good. And so the second half, Purdue won like we won the first half. But I thought the Rutgers game was really bad in the second half. Uh, the Michigan game, we get down and have to fight our way back. Uh, and then the Northwestern game, we get down 20. So you had pieces of the same thing happen at that game. And I thought we were to sleep against Illinois. And then tonight we came off, and I, even though we were up, what, 22 to 13, I wrote down at the, like, six-minute mark, this is sloppy. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think oh, Michigan State missed some shots. And, more. Yeah, we, the, the Andy mentioned it. You missed, missed those opportunities to stretch the lead. It was just sloppy defensively and offensively, and it caught up to Indiana. But now that's four or five games in a row where you've had maybe a half of good basketball. 
And so then you got to think, you know, you're not going to play perfect for 40 minutes, but what is the what would constitute a, a good all-around game from start to finish where you get beat, but you, you know, you, you were, you didn't have those wild swings. We just have wild swings in our play, which is, is concerning for that very reason. Like who's going to play them? Like, do you want to win in the big 10 tournament? Like if you play three games in a row and then you play on Thursday and you got to fly out on Tuesday. Look at us, assuming we might win in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> I know um, what you mean, though. I know what you mean. It's those minutes add up, you know. And I guess that's that's the other thing. And I suppose, you know, so much about a college basketball season because the sample sizes are so small is you can't really contextualize things until the next thing happens, you know. And I guess. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing I, you know, you wonder about. It's like in all these individual circumstances, in a, in a lot of these individual circumstances, the Michigan game, the Northwestern game, the Illinois game, it's made sense in this case to put us in the best position to win this game. Why you make that decision? Right. You just wonder, are we going to look back on this and be like, boy, we we won a few battles in the regular season, but we lost the war because we were dead by the time we got to the tournament. And so that that's, that's why these the next concern. few games are so critical you know, can you still pick up some wins, but make sure that you're fresh and firing on, on all cylinders when you get to the tournament? Um, that's what yeah. we want to see. And so if there's a little panic, it's just because, you know, I still have high hopes for this team. You know, I believe in this team and I want Trace to go out, you know, with as much team success as possible because that's going to help contextualize his individual achievements. So hopefully it, it just turned out. out to be. Um, the roster is not what we thought it would be with injuries to race. He's he's clearly not producing at the level that he was at the beginning of the year. And it's not because of effort. It's just because of that injury. You have X out. Yeah. I, you know, it's it. And then you're, you're, you know, Tamar hasn't progressed. Geronimo hasn't progressed. So the roster we thought or maybe had up through the North Carolina game has not necessarily progressed. And so credit goes to this team for being in this position with a not yeah. ideal seven eight man rotation, um, that that's kind. It's actually kind of impressive that we're sitting here as a as a four seed in the reveal. Probably still a four seed. Um, we lose to Purdue. We're probably gonna, even though those are quad one wins, you know. But um, it's impressive to be honest. The fight that this team's had, because yeah. really, besides the two studs, who's playing well? Galloway yep. occasionally, cop occasionally. So you got four guys. Who am I missing? I think I think those two guys are playing fairly well. They just don't get a lot of right. opportunities offensively. So it right. doesn't always show in the box score. But I think they're filling their roles pretty well. You know? That's where I, you need I, I agree. I that, that's agree. where you need the bench guys to be able to step in and score so that you could rest Jalen and yep. Trace. You know, but, but Race had a problem. good game last game, but he struggled. Yeah. Geronimo struggling. Tamar's struggling, so there's your five, six, seven without yeah. X, right? Yeah. Am I missing any? Uh, yeah. Well, and see, I know and renew, renew hasn't been what he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So there's your four guys after after your top four are playing their roles or, or being really great in the two studs. Then the other four have just hit that plateau and, and maybe even regressed a little bit, and we're still winning. Nine out of yeah. 12, 75%. Um, that that just speaks volumes for Trace, Hood Shafino, Coach Woodson, 
all of that. Uh, and they all probably need to do a little bit more to make sure that it gets better. Yep. Agreed. All right, let's go get some rest, Coach. We'll be back here. Some combination of us will be back here Thursday. And then, of course, we'll be back here Saturday for what will hopefully be a fun yep. postgame show. I will be at the game Saturday. So oh, that's right. I you will be, be here Saturday. Yep. Very nice. Should be a fun atmosphere to watch basketball in. It, yeah, it'll suck. I'll hate it because a <laughs> bunch of pinheads in there. <laughs> Pencil necks, as Miller Cop might say. Pencil necks. Mm -hmm. It's so bad. Like, Jared, I get the back row of the media, and these guys, are they're not bad, but every call. Oh, my gosh. Like, the basketball intelligence in that building is not very good. The atmosphere is great, and kudos they have a good team. But, man, other than my man Braggs, there's not too much <laughs> basketball knowledge in, in that building. I think I know five Purdue fans who know basketball out of 12,000 or whatever it seats. Dang. It's, of all the places, like, I got I to gotta teach 20 minutes down the road, and they give us media passes. Like, why, you know, why couldn't it be somewhere else? God. It's a great note to end on. Yeah, Purdue and then I got always, Jay calling me a Purdue fan. Or... In you. Man, mm. it's hell living up here. You know, you've been through it. I spent six years up there. I did. Mm -hmm. Wonder right, what my heart's well. beating. Got my heart <laughs> monitor on. It's probably. I hate it. To... I do, man. I. I told uh, you I wore my candy stripes to school. Yeah. Didn't say a word. Didn't say anything to anyone. Just walked in with my candy stripes after we beat them. Boy, were they all whiny, baby. Well, how long are you going to celebrate this? You got 24 hours for I didn't say a word. I just taught. I just walked in the cafeteria with my coffee. And all the AD and everyone, oh, look at that asshole wearing his candy stripes. It was the best morning I ever had, Jared, in West <laughs> up here at Delphi. Like, they were so – they don't – they. <laughs> They don't even know how to win well. You know, like, you're the best team in the Big Ten. You lost. Swallow it. Ignore the guy in candy stripes. No, officials. I mean, much of. Uh, it's 1 o'clock. All right. Because there's some gold right there. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Uh, all right. Good I'm night, out. Coach. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.